lived like pontoon boat. It was a, it was a zero turn with two pon- pontoons. It was like me getting my lawnmower mu- ready to go cut grass. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. And, and y'all be praying for this weather up in Mississippi and all that, man, because they're flooding up there big time. I watched a video earlier today of a, of a lake that the backside of it's it's kind of like one of those those lakes that they it would be kind of like the the area down here for uh oh the spillway with the road morganza but they actually have a a, a dam there that the water runs over and the backside of it is starting to give away and so they've got like six massive pumps running 24 hours a day and all these other things just trying to keep the water down and they got like eight and a half inches in two hours and it's just they just can't keep up with it and they're like if this thing goes it's going to flood you know, downstream, it, it's just, yeah, so be praying for those guys up there that, man, this, these, these control structures will hold and all that kind of stuff, you know, and even around here, we don't need any more flooding, we don't need that, let the water go somewhere else, like to the ocean, <laughs> the good thing about all this water is, though, it's, it's flushing out everything, bad thing is, is it's creating more areas for mosquitoes to grow, so, and they are, yeah, man, I was at the house yesterday, last night working. Whew, man, they was out there. Man, they were huge. It, I wish they would do open season on them so we start hunting them, you know, and paying us by the mosquito. We get rid of them. We get rid of them quick. So, but anyways, so listen, so let's pray tonight. We're going to do some worship, and we're going to do uh, week six of our uh, Teach Us How to Pray. Uh, hopefully you've been getting something out of it. Tonight we're going to actually move into what intercessor what an intercessor is and what intercessory prayer is. And so this one here, we may not be able to get through it tonight because there's a lot in it. Uh, but we're really getting down to the nuts and bolts now of what it is all about um, and, and how to. Okay, we're going to really get into that. So so let's pray, and then we're going to come up here and do a few songs of worship tonight. I don't know about you, but I want to worship a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. So let's pray. So, Father, we're so thankful for all that you've done, and, Lord, we are— so thankful that you continue to watch over us here in this area, Lord. But, Father, right now I pray that you would be with us. And, Lord, you would be with those over in Mississippi and, and all these areas that are having these floods, Lord. The, the homes that are being flooded and the people that are being devastated because of it. Lord, just comfort them and go to them and, and show that there is still hope, God. We know Jesus Christ is the hope of glory. And, Lord, they need hope right now. They need to see that there is something else besides the flood and besides the loss. And, Lord, I pray tonight that you would be with us to teach us again how to pray. Let our minds understand truly what it means to pray, what it means to intercede, to, to, to reach the throne room, God, as we intercede for the lost and the hurting and even for the body of Christ. So, Lord, be here tonight and receive our worship and our time together. And, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to get ready up here. And uh, hallelujah. Don't forget, if I if I forget to tell you, don't forget that this Sunday is the business meeting. And so we're going to have our, our business meeting this time. Um, we've got all our finances laid out. We met this morning about all that to make sure our finances were laid out. Simple to understand. And we're going to talk about what's been going on all year, all the exciting things that God has been doing around here. Uh, ex- not, you know, other than the parking lot. That's pretty exciting, according to Tootie. And, uh, but there's been other things, too. And uh, we're going to talk about that. And we, we do have some men that are willing to serve on the deacon board. And uh, so we're going to have some votes. So we need you here to vote. It's, you know, it's, it's time to do some voting. And uh, we need you here to do that. So if you're a member of the church, you need to be here. Amen. And uh, we're going to have service like we normally do. And it'll be right after service. We'll take the time to kind of flip around so we can sign in. 
Uh, I promise that I'm not going to take a long time if y'all don't. So <laughs> I think the finances are pretty simple to read and all that so people can get through them. And uh, we'll, we'll do this as quick as possible so we can get out of here and go eat because uh, I know that's important too. But uh, I'm not going to cut the service any shorter than the Holy Spirit wants me to if, if we can do that as well. Amen. So let's stand up tonight. We're going to do some worship. Jonathan said I should just go ahead and cook for us for the meeting instead. Hallelujah. You know, if you remember, my first service was, what, November 20th of 2016? And, you know, one of the, one of the things they, they tell you, that was our Thanksgiving meal that year. And, and one of the, the jokes in uh, Bible school is, is if you can't be good as a preacher, be short. And if you can't be short, feed them. Well, that day I preached a sermon that was kind of short and we ate. That was my first sermon. It's like, man, we're kicking this off in the right direction. <laughs> That's well, we didn't eat the day that I, that I got voted, though. So, and I didn't preach short that day, if you remember. Yeah, hallelujah. So.
tonight. Got to get my tongue rolling tonight.
to my knees, Lord, I lay me down, rid me of myself, I belong to sound of his voice, seas that are shaken and stirred, can be calmed and broken from my regard, through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you, through it that can shake and stir can be calmed and broken from my regard come on sing through it all through it all my eyes are on you through it all through it all it is well through it all
some praise tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, tell him how much you love him tonight. Hallelujah. Is it well with your soul tonight? Yes, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You turn and greet someone tonight before you, before you sit down. Hallelujah. Turn the lights on, guys. Hallelujah. So let go my soul and trust in him. Waves and waves. Did you have a green pass those out for me? Thank you. Waves and waves still know his name. Yes. Waves and waves. Hallelujah. Everything is in here again, all your your scriptures, so that you don't have to worry about looking at the different translations and all that kind of stuff. Hallelujah. Well, just so you know, the uh, 
you know, I've been, been doing this teaching now in, uh, on KAJN 102.9. I have a, a weekly broadcast at 9 a.m. every day. And then on Saturday evening and again on Sunday morning. So all during the week, they've been following along with this. Because of my 13 and a half minutes that I, that I have, it takes about three weeks generally to go through one of these. And so they've been following along with this as well, going through this teaching. So hopefully they're getting something out of it. Uh, I've talked to some people that have heard it, and they said they like it so far. So uh, they haven't kicked me off the radio, so I guess that's okay too. Huh? So, nah. That'd be all right. So we're going to look at lesson six. It says here, role of the intercessor in spiritual warfare. The role of the intercessor in spiritual warfare. The very top, it says, God looks for intercessors. Thank you, sir. Everybody got one that needed one? All right. Amelia, you got yours? No? Okay. All right. God looks for intercessors. Let's look right here at Ezekiel 22, and this is 30 through 31. And I sought for a man among them that would make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land and that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore have I poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, says the Lord God. Thank God for people that stand in the gap. And I tell you, I think there was people standing in the gap for me before I was ever saved. Because I can tell you some of the really uh, crazy uh, things that I did as an unsaved man that should have killed me, that somehow I made it through. And I think that was because people were standing in the gap trying to protect me so I could come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. <laughs> right? There, there was many different things along the way. And God is still seeking for someone, right, somebody to stand in the gap. It says right here, this word was spoken to God's people in the verse preceding the word of correction and judgment shows that the priests, the prophets, the princes and the ordinary people of God were corrupt and disobedient to the Lord. So what do you do when the priests and the prophets and the princes are all corrupt? The only people left is the ordinary people, right? And God's still looking for somebody. I think that's why this this nation of ours is, is where it is today as well, because of, of some of that. But I, I, I challenge you, uh, go find I, I, you may you may agree, you may not agree with our current president, uh, Donald Trump. But I, I'll be honest with you, I, I listened today to his speech at the uh, the last national prayer breakfast. Uh, if you've never heard it, it's about 20 minutes long. I have never heard heard a president period period not even a, a leader in our nation speak the way he did about prayer and, and about God in our country and and about all those things yeah I know he was politicizing some of it but I, I just be honest with you I've never heard a a president talk about this like he did and, and he even made come comment in there that he is the first president in our country's history that actually did some kind of a, a religious gathering outside of our country with world leaders as well. And, and so, you know what? He, he, he even says that it's because there's been people praying in our nation, right? And so, you know, regardless of your uh, affiliation with him or not or like or dislike, if you're a believer in Christ, 
to have someone up there that is praying is good for me. Uh, even if I don't like their policies, it's still good for me. Amen. And so ordinary people were corrupt and disobedient to God, and wrath came down upon them. Among his people, in verse 30, God says he was looking for one man or person, one woman who would stand between God and the people to cry out for forgiveness for the wrongdoing. Now, think about that thought for a second. God was looking for somebody to stand between him and the people. Just just picture that in your mind for a moment. God, the creator of everything that, that spoke everything into existence, is saying, I have to pour out my wrath, but if I can find one person to stand in front of me and cry out for forgiveness, I won't do it. Is that a picture of mercy? It is. He wants to be a merciful God. <laughs> the Holy Spirit just reminded me. It's kind of like that, you know, when, when your child gets out of line and, and you've got to discipline them. You know, I, I really don't want to do this. You know, I really don't want to do this. <laughs> it hurts me more than, <laughs> you know, I, I told that to my kids. I said, look, some of y'all here that you see this on TV, that this is going to hurt you more than me. It does not. This is definitely going to hurt you more than it does me. I'm just being honest. Now, it makes me sad that I have to do it, but it's definitely going to hurt you more than it hurts me. I'm just, just telling you right now. <laughs> so, but God wants to be a merciful God. But because of the rules and the law that he put in place, he cannot break his own law, laws and rules. And so he was looking. Again, he was looking for somebody. He was looking for 10 or a hundred, or just one. Just one. One person praying can turn away the wrath of God. One person. Look, we see it right here. Who would do that that's in charge? You know? I can think back of days of, you know, being a, a general manager and running companies and all that, you know, and, and when the guys weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing, there, there was consequences. You know, this is what you were hired to do. This was your deadline. You knew the deadline and you didn't get it done. There are consequences. And if one of them comes in front of me and starts begging and pleading, that doesn't change the fact that they didn't meet their expectations. But in God's eyes, it does. Now, that doesn't mean there's not consequences, but he's looking for that. And look at that next one down there, Isaiah 59. It's right there in the middle of that first page. Isaiah 59, 16. And he saw that there was no man... And was astonished that there was no one to intercede. This is another instance. Can anything astonish God? According to this, it did. That nobody, nobody. Can I tell you that we, we can never be that? No. Because if we're that person right there that won't stand in the gap, what, what that's really saying, and I'm, I'm sorry if this comes across wrong, but it should. What that really says is, is I don't care about the, the people that are, that are dying and going to hell. That's what it says. I don't care about them. Oh, well, I do care. No, you don't. If you did, you'd be praying for them. That's, that's the thing. And right here we see it. They had got so complacent with God and that everything was okay and this and that. Even though it wasn't, when you look at all the things that were going on in their land, so we need to learn how to intercede. We need to learn what intercession is. 
And if you look at this next section, we're going to look at the definition right here. What is intercession? You know we got to go to the dictionary if we're going to start breaking it down. According to the Oxford Dictionary, intercession is the action of intervening on behalf of another. That's pretty simple. All right. The action of intervening behalf of another person. So does that mean it's about you? No. Intercession is not about you. It's about somebody else. About somebody you may not even know. But it's about somebody else. So see, number one, right there, we see the fact that if, if we're going to intercede for other people, we have to stop thinking about us. It's not about us anymore. According to the Cambridge English Dictionary, intercession is the act of using your influence to make someone in authority forgive someone else or save them from punishment. Wait a minute. So the Cambridge English Dictionary says intercession is the act of using your influence to make someone in authority forgive someone else or save them from punishment. So we have influence with God. Now think about them in the Old Testament. Did they have influence with God? Just, just think about it for a second. Why did they have influence with God? They weren't saved. This will start really bringing this picture together for you. They had influence with God because of the covenant God made with them. God was bound to his covenant, but they kept breaking it. And because of that, they had influence. They had influence. They had influence. They were his chosen people. He had a covenant with them, right, that he swore by himself because there was none greater. And when you start looking at a covenant, that means that Beverly never has to call for help. I'm going to be there helping her the first time I even see it coming, right? And she's going to do the same to me, and there's no way out of this covenant unless there's death. It's the only way out of the covenant. Well, they continue to try to break the covenant, but God says, no, I'm not going to let this covenant be broken no matter how bad you are or what you're doing, but I'm going to judge you from time to time to bring you back. So they had influence because of the covenant that was made. If it wouldn't have been for that, they were just sinful people that were rebellious. So there couldn't have been anything. Look at the last line. According to the free dictionary, intercession is mediation in a dispute. I don't know how much I agree with that one compared to the other ones. Because I don't think we're mediating. I'm begging for mercy for somebody. Right? It's not a debate. It's, it's, not, it's not something I'm, you know, mediation I think of is, is a give and take. I'm just straight up begging for mercy for somebody. Right? But I understand it, it is still part of the word. But let's look down at the next paragraph there, the second to last paragraph. According to the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, look at this. Intercession had an original meaning, but the words meaning has evolved from the Old Testament meaning to a New Testament meaning. Now, I'm going to totally mess this up, but that's okay. Intercession in the Old Testament was the word P-A-G-H-A. Paga, I, I guess. Couldn't really find a way to, to learn how to pronounce that. Originally, it meant to strike upon or against. To strike upon or against. In a good sense, intercession meant to assail anyone with a petition or to urge. That's what we're talking about. To go against and petition. 
to go against and petition, right? Don't we, just, just thinking off, this, off topic, a well, not off topic, but just a little bit over, wasn't Esther interceding for her people? She went up before the king not knowing what his response would be, right? But if she didn't do it, they were going to die. So she said, it's not about me anymore. It's about the people. Is this, this making sense now? So we do the same thing in prayer. And so she went up. The king did raise his scepter. She didn't die. And she got to plead her case. And then we see all the things that happened afterwards. It, it's a picture of intercession. But it was a physical representation of what we do in prayer. Is really what it is. Look at the last line. A number of scriptural examples show that intercession is to the Lord, but can also be made to people, just like Esther. All right, let's look at page two here. In Luke 18, right? That's the next thing you have on the back. Okay, make sure we're in the right spot. In Luke 18, 1 through 8, Jesus spoke about the importance of prayer. So now we're going to start merging intercession and prayer so we can see how they go together. And explaining how we should approach our father in prayer, Jesus told a parable. In this parable, a woman came before a judge repeatedly asking for intervention, or we would see this as intercession, against her enemy. Jesus ended the parable by instructing us what our father will do for us. Will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night? And will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. See, now we see a picture of her in this instance going to the judge about something happening to her. Right. But it's about the enemy that's attacking her, not necessarily her, but it's about what's going to come out. So you see, so there's another avenue of it. But again, it was a, at this point, it was about the enemy. Okay. Let's keep going down because we're going to we're going to go through these scriptures and then we're going to start really getting into the, the intercession part. So James five, one through six. Says. Look here, you rich people, weep and groan with anguish because of all the terrible troubles ahead of you. Boy, I, I love it when they start out that way. Your wealth is rotting away and your fine clothes are moth eaten rags. Your gold and silver have become worthless. The very wealth you were counting on will eat away your flesh like fire. This treasure you have accumulated will stand as evidence against you on the day of judgment. For listen, hear the cries of the field workers whom you have cheated of their pay. The wages you have held back cry out against you. The cries of those who harvest your fields have reached the ears of the Lord of heaven's armies look at this you have spent your years on earth in luxury satisfying your every desire you have fattened yourselves for the day of slaughter you have condemned and killed innocent people who do not resist you it's a picture right there but the thing i want you to to see in there was the fact that the cries against you had reached the father those cries have reached the father the English word is derived from the Latin intercedo. I always love this, how the Latin word, you just add O at the end of it, and it's pretty much going to be it. You know, Latin intercedo, to come between, 
The growth of meaning in the word in various languages is inter interesting. In the Greek New Testament, we find the word extensus, whatever that is, E-X-T-E-U-X-I-S. In 1 Timothy 2.1, that is translated as intercessions and prayer. The word in the Greek meant an interview for the purpose of making a supplication. So see, again, we see multiple places in the scripture where this, these words are different, but they're all meaning the same thing and have the same purpose. Okay, look at 1 Timothy. We're almost to the part where we're going to start, stop and start breaking it down. 1 Timothy 2, 1. First of all, then I admonish and urge that petitions, prayers, and intercessions and thanksgiving be offered on behalf of all men. Here Timothy is telling them to be in prayer, intercession, petitions for all men, right? And then they use another word here in Romans, and to shando, Romans 8, is the meaning in the Greek to confer with and make entreaty in favor or against. Again, we're seeing another another word doing the same thing. Romans 8. In the same way, the spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should. But the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for the words. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. There's one more scripture we're going to look at, and then we're going to start talking about Intercession. Romans 8.33. Romans 8.33. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies, who is the one who condemns. Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather, who was raised, is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Do you see something different there compared to the Old Testament? We have someone interceding for us now. So do you think it's possible now that God will find no one? No. Because Jesus intercedes for his people forever, sitting at the right hand of the Father. So intercession as related to prayer can be explained as conferring with the Holy Spirit so that a petition can be made to our Heavenly Father in behalf of someone or something as related to people. Jesus is our intercessor. He sits at the right hand of the Father. What do you think he's, he's or, you know, are they just hanging out, having conversation? They might. I don't, I don't know how that works. But I know that he is always interceding for us. He's interceding. He is, he is pleading on our behalf, right, if you, if you might say it that way. He's, he's our great lawyer who's sitting there constantly. Objection. What? Satan's doing that again. He ain't supposed to be. Objection, right? I, I, I don't know how this would work. It would be interesting just to see. How, how he sits next to the Father and, and intercedes for us, right? Yeah, he's, he's doing this with his hand. I don't know. You know, I, I just think of some crazy court cases that I watch on TV, and, and you know, the, and, and the prosecutor gets up and starts, you know, I don't know. It, it just is interesting to me. But let's look at an Old Testament scripture of this for a second. Y'all have Jesus, our intercessor, right there, right? Okay. We'll make sure y'all are on the same page as me. All right. Isaiah 53. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he, God, will see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant, will justify the many, as he will bear their iniquities. 
Therefore, I will allot him a portion with the great and he will divide the lot with the strong because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he himself bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgressors. In this scripture, we see the fact that Jesus dying on the cross was actually a form of intercession for us. Think about that. It was a form of intercession because we should have died for our sins. But Jesus stood in our place, died for us. Right. And then he rose and he put the blood on the mercy seat, his blood, which means that there's no more sacrifice that needed. So his death was another form of intercession. We deserved the death. Because of our sins. But Jesus stood there. So as Jesus hung on the cross, he was bearing the punishment for every sinner. And he was interceding before the Father for all the transgressions. That intercession began as he hung on the cross. Now here's an interesting question for you. If his intercession has already happened on the cross, what does he have to do interceding, sitting at the right hand of the Father? Yeah, think about it for a second. We, we see the scripture says he's sitting at the right hand of the Father forever interceding for us. But if his death was once and for all the great intercession that kept us out of hell, right? The place called hell for those that accepted it. What is he interceding for now? What do you think? Our continued mistakes? The continued attacks of the enemy? Right? So we're not interceding for our soul to be saved anymore. We're not interceding. He's not interceding that, that our spirit would become alive with the knowledge of, of Jesus Christ. He's not interceding for that. Now he's moved to the intercession of the attacks and the things that are going on, the ongoing things that we are all battled in, right? It, it, so he's sitting there no longer doing this one. So there's no more need for that one. All who accept it get the keys to life. All who accept it are, are no longer going to the place called hell, but they're going to be going to heaven with him. So his intercession now has shifted to taking care of the believers. He died for all the unbelievers. Now he's taking care of the believers. Think about that. That was for us as an unbeliever. Now he's taking care of us as a believer. So he has interceded twice for us already. At least twice. It's an interesting, an interesting way of looking at it. He is the one that is always there. It says here in Luke 23, and Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now, I've always found that to be an interesting statement, honestly. Because Jesus knew he had to die on the cross. He knew that the people were going to do that to him. He knew that that the enemy had blinded them and all these things were going to take place. So why does he pray? Forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. When he had to go to the cross. I don't know if there's an answer to that tonight. I know what he was doing is he was again, he was interceding for the people that were doing this to him and saying, God, don't hold it against them for what they're doing to me. Even though he had to go to the cross, they had to kill him for all of this to take place. It's just an interesting cycle there. Circle. I guess you could use the word what conundrum, right? God, you know, they've got to kill me. They've got to put me on the cross and kill me for all of this to be fulfilled. But forgive them because they don't really understand what they're doing. It's just an interesting cycle that was put in place right there. 
But either way, he spoke forgiveness over them. The next little paragraph. Jesus asked our father to forgive those who crucified him because they did not realize what they were doing. He was interceding to the father for mercy for all of those that were doing it to him, even though they had to, for all of this to happen. Don't, don't you think that he knows what's going on, even to that point? You know, I always love the story of, you know, God planted a tree and let it grow. The very tree he let his son hang and die on. Hmm. All of this stuff is in, in control. There's, there's nothing that, that he, he hasn't seen. There's nothing that, that is outside of him. So now thinking about those things, think back about him interceding. He knows what's going to happen. If he knows what's going to happen, how much greater of an intercessor is he for us? Right? He knows that, that that person that was driving home tonight, that their car slid off the road, he's already interceded for them before they got there because he already saw it. Think about this. It's, it, when, when you tap into how powerful that is with him being omniscient and omnipotent and, and knowing the be end from the beginning and knowing all those things, him is the great intercessor. So all we have to do is tap into what he is doing through the spirit and then we will know, right, what's going on. And we can pray against exactly what he's praying against because that's where the power comes in. He knows what's going to happen. He releases it to his people, and his people begin to pray against it also because that's why he wants it to work. You see, that's why he's speaking to people, and that's why he's releasing things into dreams and speaking into spirits because he wants us to be a part of what he's doing. Because if he didn't want us to be a part of it, then why do we need why do we need the intercessor anymore when he's sitting there forever interceding for us? He's the great intercessor. What's our purpose anymore? We have none except he wants us to be a part of this because we have the voice to release here on earth. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do we get what's in heaven down on earth, we speak it. We release it. You see? So he could sit there and intercede for us, but he wants us to be the voice here and be used. And I'm going to share share something that was kind of funny, but it, it's, it's a great lesson, even for, for me and even for you, to listen to what God is speaking to us. I, I went to uh, a church here in town Sunday night, and uh, yeah, Jose's laughing because he was there. And uh, they had a healing service, and they had their live team up there. And I like going to those kind of services because nobody's tapping on me saying, can you turn the air conditioner up? Can you turn the air conditioner down? Can you fix the sound? Can you, you know, I have no responsibilities when I'm there other than I just get to love all Jesus, okay? Nobody's bugging me about anything. I just get to relax, and I like those times. And, you know, Jose will tell you, my, man, I was worshiping. I was having a great time, and I didn't care what anybody thought about me. So, God starts speaking to me about a word that he wanted me to release over the pastor and his wife and in their church. And, man, I could feel it down inside. It was just like a knot, and I was just like, oh, great. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay, Lord. Okay, Lord. Oh, they're praying for people right now. I'll be all right. <laughs> so they're praying for people, and I'm like, Oh, yeah, I'll do this in a little while. So I'm still worshiping, and I can feel it there. And I'm like, 
Oh, yeah, I got some time. About this time, I get a, excuse me, sir. Yeah, yes, ma'am. Uh, listen, the, the, the Lord spoke to me and said that you have a word that you're supposed to release, and he wants you to do it now. <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> and so I turned to her, and I told her what, and she just started laughing. So I went over to the pastor's wife, and I told her, she starts laughing. She's like, well, as soon as this song's done, I said, okay. So as soon as it was over with, I went and I prayed, and I released what God had, had given me, and I was released from it. But it was just like, you know, I, I was just trying to enjoy myself, but God said, no, I want it done now. But here's the flip side. Jose will tell you, there was a, a hindrance or something in the place. But when I released that word, everything shifted. Everything shifted. But what if I wouldn't have released that word? And one, I would have been dis disobedient, and God would have dealt with me on that. But number two, some people that got set free and some things that happened may have never happened. So was it hinged on me? It was hinged on my obedience, not me, my obedience. It wasn't about me. It was about me being obedient. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, I didn't bring any special thing. It was my obedience that he wanted, right? So see, even as a pastor, I, I have to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. And it was just hilarious because, yeah, Jose's over there laughing after I, I, he didn't know what was going on either. I, but now the poor lady goes up to the pastor's wife and says, hey, I don't know who this guy is behind me. And God said he's got a word and he needs release. And she's like, oh, he's the pastor over at New Life. She's like, oh, great. Now I've got some pastor I've got to go give a word to. You know? So, yeah, it, it <laughs> it's just kind of funny. But, again, her obedience to come kick me around, right? Yeah, I needed it. I needed a swift kick because I wasn't doing what God told me. I was ex making excuses. I was. That's right. That's right. Why? Because I was, oh, I can do that later. I can do that later. I can do that later. But can I tell you, you, you never know when the voice of God comes what we're supposed to be doing. And, and I know I've shared this story with you before. I'm going to share it because, again, it's so powerful at this moment right here to understand that we have to listen to what the Spirit of God is telling us. When, when me and Wendy were the youth pastors over at, at uh, Gospel Center Church many years ago in Beaumont, we were at the end of a service, and there was the altar call, and there was people all over. The worship team was playing, and, and Pastor Flippo was down there praying for people. I can remember being on the side. The drums were in the back. And he tells me, and, and the gentleman's name was Sean, who was on the drums. And he says, hey, I want you to, God starts speaking to me, saying, I want you to go get Sean. I want you to pray for him. I'm like, Lord, he's playing the drums in the middle of an altar call, you know? Right? I just <laughs> if he stops playing the drums, I'll go get him. He stopped playing drums. <sighs> okay. So I went and got him, and I said, hey, Sean, I need to pray for you. Okay. So then we get down here, and, and, and all of a sudden, the Lord's like, pray with him for salvation. What? Say, Sean, listen. Man, I, you've grown up in this church since you were in diapers. Now he's like 20 years old, you know? And, and I'm sitting here, and I'm like, God, li Sean, listen. Uh, the Lord told me that I need to pray with you for salvation. Man, you've grown up in this church. He dropped his head and started crying. He said, Pastor, I've never been saved. I said, what? He said, nobody's ever asked me. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, did that matter? There's been plenty of altar calls, you know. And so I led him in the sinner's prayer. And you want to talk about a night and day. This guy grew up in church, never left church, grew up, was always there, rode the bus, always. Wendy can tell you, his countenance completely changed. 
He was a bubbly, just light, happy about everything. And it was just like, wow. And Rylan used to sleep on his belly. He was kind of a big guy. Rylan would go to sleep on him. That's how long ago this was. They were playing football in their front yard. He dove for a catch. He caught the ball and slid, slid down in the ditch, and the back of his head hit the culvert. Boom. He died a couple weeks later in the hospital. What if I would have never listened to what God told me to do? Think about that. But yet still to here today, I'm over here, and I have to be prodded sometimes. I, I tell you that to, to share with you that it's, it's, it's never easy. It gets easier because before, uh, you know, I could have made five excuses. This time I made one. <laughs> but we've got to listen because when God prods us with something, there's a reason because God doesn't waste his breath. I don't really know if he has one or not, but you understand what I'm saying. You understand the principle behind it, right? And, and yes, he has a breath, and I know that's but I'm, you know what I'm talking about as far as speaking goes. So let's keep looking. Jesus asked our Father to forgive those who crucified him because they did not realize what they were doing. He was interceding to our Father for the mercy of those transgressors. The intercession of Jesus can be seen before his death on the cross as well. Right here. Jesus went to the tomb of Lazarus. He prayed. How did he pray? The word says he groaned in the spirit, right? Then before he spoke to Lazarus to come forth from the grave, Jesus looked up to heaven. He thanked our father that he heard Jesus pray. Notice he prayed. Do you think Jesus really had to pray? Yeah. Why? Because it is a connection to our father. It takes something. We have to speak it. We have to allow it to come forth. It doesn't have to be some bullhorn loud. It can be something very soft and quiet. But it's something we have to pray. Look right here. John 11, 33, 38, 41. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. Jesus, therefore, again groaned in himself, came to the grave, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that thou hast heard me. What is this groaning in the spirit? It, it, is, it is something inside you that, that you're there. It, it's kind of like a sigh multiplied. Because you're, you're there, and all of a sudden you just feel this thing down inside you that's just like, oh, oh. You know, it's, it's one of those, just, it's just down inside you, right? It, it's beyond an emotion. You, you know it's down in there. And then, and then when, when you're in that moment, the spirit just, you know, I, I know that, that I've, 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 you know, been around people is, is they, they're, they're sick or these kind of things, and I can just feel it sometimes in my spirit. I know, I know what's going to happen. I can feel it. I'm like, oh, Jesus, why? Right? I, I can feel it. You know, when they're sick or, or different things like that, when they're when they're close to death and they've been sick and all these different things. Sometimes I can feel it. Not often, but sometimes I can. And it's almost like a groan. It's like, oh, why? You know, so we have to pay attention to those things. Groaning in the spirit is a type of prayer, as we see in Romans. Jesus modeled this prayer for us before the fullness of the Holy Spirit even came to the believers. Think about that. Before it came to the to the, all of the believers. Right. All right. A couple more scriptures. 
and we're going to talk. Romans 8. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Sometimes there's not going to be a word that can come out. Sometimes there's, there's things that are going to happen. You're going to be praying, and you're going to be praying, and all you can do is just moan. It's just, it's just a moan, a groan that can come forth. Why? Because there's just no words. There's no words for what you're trying to say. But your spirit knows exactly what it is. And can I tell you, that's those moments when you're, when you're fighting a battle for somebody's life, for their health, whatever it is. You're, you're fighting all hell for that. And you may not even know who they are, but it doesn't matter. It's not about that. It's about allowing that spirit to come forth. Right. Look at Hebrews seven right here. Jesus, on the other hand, because he continues forever, holds his priesthood permanently. Therefore, he is able to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for those. We talked about that as intercessors. We are in interceding to our father with the help and leadership of the Holy Spirit. And did Jesus, we are interceding for mercy and help for others. Right here, we're only talking about the intercession that Jesus does. Us to him. Us to him. Him to the Lord. Right? That's all we're talking about right here. But then there's corporate intercession. There's corporate intercession. And I, I, I'm not going to go into that part tonight. I want us to talk about that next week. But there's, there's more than one type. And so today we've been talking about the one-on-one, I'll call it. Right? Even though I never think there's only one. I think when that call goes out, and, and I always remember back to, to, to Liz that day that, that we were we were really struggling with some things that had been going on and, and and Liz spoke that word to me that she says don't you know that even now there are intercessors around the world crying out your name that don't even know you man I could feel that in my spirit at that point it's just like man there, there are people praying for me I am not alone in this battle but to get that understanding means that we are outside of just us in this battle It's not about just us anymore. I'm not taking on the demonic spirits in this region. There's tens of thousands of people taking them on, plus the tens of thousands of thousands of millions of angels that are waiting. Because, see, I I firmly believe that the angels are there waiting to do the bidding as they're released. And through that prayer, through that intercessory prayer, they get the release well, Pastor, why do you say that? Because there again, Jesus could be sitting at the right hand of the Father and say, well, let's just go ahead and release all those angels down to Marsville right now, and everybody that has an addiction, we're going to break that spirit off of them. Has that ever happened? No. Why? Because we're involved in this. And there again, I- if we have no purpose in this thing, then he should have took us to heaven when we got saved. But we're still here because we have a purpose in life. He has a purpose for us, no matter what our age is, right, to, to pray and to be involved in what he's doing. And sometimes as intercession, it's going to be walking, right, walking an area, just, just praying over an area. You know, I know Jose comes and prays for our church and other churches in the area that God has instructed him to pray for. And he is interceding for the church and, and for what God is doing. And I know there's other people praying why? Because God has instructed them to release and to do those things. And w- he doesn't even know sometimes what's going on. He doesn't know. 
But through obedience, he sees the fruit of it. Through obedience, you will continue to see the fruit of it. Because this is one on, this is our part. This isn't the corporate side. We're going to talk about the corporate side next week. We're talking right now about our part, about the lives that are in the balance. The lives, remember, can he find one person to stand in? Yeah, he is there. He's there. But God says, yeah, but now I'd like to use you also. I'm here. But I want to use you as well. I want you to be involved in this. And I learned that lesson many years ago through filling up a gas tank in Orange, Texas. Filling up a gas tank. I know I've told you this, but again, I'm, I'm sharing it with you again so we can get it in our heads on how God wants to use us. But if we will not be allow him to, he's not going to just not do it. You just won't get the blessing of it. Like where I'm standing at the gas pump filling up in Orange, Texas, just visiting my grandmother in the hospital when she was alive. And, you know, we lived in Beaumont, didn't have much money, putting some gas in the car. And God says, I want you to pay for that guy's gas. I said, Lord, I barely got enough money for my own gas. Oh, I got to do this. So I go over there, and he's going in a store, and I'm chasing him. And I get in a store, and I'm just like, hey, don't, don't pay for it. Don't let him pay for it. No, no, you know, I'm making craziness now. And the guy behind the register just, he had done paid for it. I said, give him his money back. I got to pay for this. And so now the guy's laughing. I'm like, this is not a laughing matter, bud, you know, right? This is not a laughing matter. Now, to me, it wasn't. And we got to talking. And you know what had happened? He had left church that day. His pastor gave him his credit card and said, hey, why don't you go fill your car up? And I learned that day, God wanted me to get the blessing of blessing that man. But he knew I wasn't going to do it right up front. But God was trying to teach me. You can either be a part of what I'm doing and get the blessings and get the excitement of seeing what's happening, but I'm not going to let them do without because of you. He's not going to let you not get what he's trying to get to you because somebody didn't pray for you. He's going to find somebody that will. And because the spirit is released to all believers now. All believers now. Right. See, think, think back in World War One where they had no radios at that point in time. They couldn't radio ahead. They had to send pigeons or people to run. Right. Well, then World War Two comes around. Now they have radios. They can radio ahead and coordinate. So now we're here we are in the spiritual warfare, the Holy Spirit, right? The great commander, the general, the real commander in chief says, send out the call because somebody in Marksville needs needs to be set free for right now. And it just goes instantly. It hits 10,000 people. 9,999 of them begin to intercede. One person stays asleep. Well, there's still 9,999 praying. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? And you know what? It's exciting to be a part of it. It's even more exciting to see what happens afterward. And luckily through my life, God has showed me some of those pictures so that I can come teach you through my failures. <laughs> and I'm glad I can help you. <laughs> Wasn't very fun at the moment, I can promise you. If, you. if you've never got a spanking from Daddy over not being obedient on something, just stick around. You'll get there. So intercession is something we've got to be doing. And it doesn't have to be a three-hour prayer. It doesn't have to be. It really just depends on what God is wanting to do in that moment. And you'll sense that. Amen. So let me pray for us tonight. <coughs> and we can hang out and drink some coffee and hot chocolate and do those kind of things. And mm. Hallelujah.
I just stay here for just a moment? See, again, that's that knot that, that I feel in my spirit. It's just like, man, God's trying to release something, and I'm just trying to focus on what it is he's trying to do right here. Holy Spirit, have your way tonight. Mm, have your way, oh God. I'm going to release something that I feel the Lord wants me to, to speak. So you can put something soft on if you got it up there, Micah. I, I feel the Lord speaking to me to specifically speak to the intercessors in this region. Right now, through the, the power, the name of Jesus Christ and his authority that is upon me. I break the chain that are holding back the mouths of our intercessors in this region. The blinders that have been placed over them through religion and man, I break off of you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And I release clarity in your vision, power in your words, power in your words. Awake, O oh intercessor. Awake, awake, all you who sleep. The time has come to prophesy again, to speak again. Intercessors arise in this region. feel the, the Lord is also telling me that he has hid intercessors throughout the region. Just like special warfare have, have been embedded in that even now they're beginning to rise up and sense the call from the Holy Spirit, the bugle call that says time to awaken. Even in this house, I call for the intercessor to arise. I break off of you all the things that man have placed upon you, the hindrances, the chains of bondage. I break off of you in the name of Jesus Christ. And I release you again with clarity of vision and mind and power in your words. That this region will be free. That the windows will open of the prayers. The angels are being released even now. They're being dispatched out even now. Awake, awake, old sleeper. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Awake, awake, oh sleeper, the glory of the Lord is upon you. Arise, arise, arise. God, I just release it right now. I release visitations in, to your people. 
because the hindrances are gone. I speak freedom over this region right now in the name of Jesus. I release freedom right now over this region in the name of Jesus. Lost are being found even right now. going to have to hold with me, guys. I'm just trying to listen so I don't get fussed at again. God, I release it right now. Y'all begin to pray. Begin to pray. If you know how to pray in the Spirit, just pray in the Spirit. right there where y'all began to pray. I literally felt a release go out. I just felt it right there. Release it, God. The voices. Release them. Lives are being changed right now. Situations are being changed right now. Healings are happening right now. Miracles are being released right now. now there's, there's a person that's watching online that is slated to have a hip surgery. And God is saying that he is restoring that hip right now and you are sensing it in your body right now. That he is completely redoing your hip Ooh, in the name of Jesus Christ. Mm, right now your hip is being replaced by the Holy Spirit right now. In the name of Jesus that's you, I want you to make sure you, you email me. Go to newlifeag.church, newlifeag.church, the website, and, and contact me through there. I want to know about that because I, I sense what God is doing right now. I release it in the name of Jesus. Father, I just pray over our people right now. Lord, I know we have some that are home that are suffering with different things. Lord, I just rebuke cough right now. This sinus infection that has has come against us, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I command you to break right now. Stop right now. Dry up, lungs open, bronchial tubes, no irritation in the name of Jesus. Right now, be open in the name of Jesus Christ. I rebuke cancer in our people in the name of Jesus cancer be gone right now in the name of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus Father and I bless your people I thank you for what you're teaching us Holy Spirit continue to to lead us and to guide us into all things in the name of Jesus Christ say amen with me tonight amen Listen, you've been around me long enough to know I just don't spout stuff off like that. (laughs) Again, it was one of those that was in there. I had to speak it, and I don't want to get in trouble again. So listen, let's start praying. There's authority. There's power there. Amen. So I'm really hoping whoever that was sends me an email.
I'm probably going to check emails all night. I ain't going to sleep awake because I want to see it. I just know what I saw and what I released. I, I just want to see that because it helps me as well. Amen. So, amen. Well, God bless you. I love you. Hey, drink some more coffee and hot chocolate and, and uh, enjoy yourself. Make sure you're here Sunday. Bring somebody with you Sunday. We're going to continue on with, with what's next. Yes, sir. You can stop the stream, too. Thank you.